0: Would I be a follower of Dr. I don't know. Would I love to go get a beer with like a priest of Dr. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, let me rack that brain. Is if that, it wasn't this- for
1: Talos, I may consider.
0: Oh my lord. <laughs>
1: Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 82. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hedge. Man, we we really churning these out, aren't we? Yeah. Once a week for how many years
0: now? <laughs> 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 or
1: sometimes multiple times a week. Yeah, I mean, we're over 100 episodes. I think we mustn't mentioned that in the past, uh, which is obviously unbelievable, uh, but we wouldn't have without you guys listening. So that's that's Awesome.
0: And you know what? We love you guys for listening. And if you want to listen to more, how do they find us? They find us by housekeeping up top. (laughs) Always. Uh, You can listen to us everywhere. So if you're listening to us somewhere and you don't like that,
1: you can listen to us somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) You can send us an email if you want to get in contact at podcastcore at gmail.com. Visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info and then follow us on any platform or all the platforms, because that would help us with discover, discoverability. Uh, and then leave a like there, a follow comment, wherever you're deciding to le- uh, listen and a short review that helps a lot. Uh, but the easiest way is to tell a friend to undergo
0: the ultimate test by listening to the casuals of Runterra podcast. That's right. The ultimate test, letting a tentacle go through your body. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's it. That's, that's it. There's no other details. All right. Tune in next week. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about uh, Alawi again. We promised you that after her episode, her bio episode, go listen to that. We wanted to talk about a story because it goes so much deeper into her character, which is a very interesting character. Especially, I remember when she came out, everyone was shocked. And then when they revealed her story, they were even more shocked. Um, because it added so much to the world uh, that after she came out, we got more about like the nation and hair, or not the nation, the harrowing and everything. How that revolves around like the buru. We got more buru people talked about. I mean, we started to get buru cards. Uh, so it really opened up another side of the world uh, of Runeterra that we needed.
0: Yeah, and it also kind of gave us more answers to the questions that they posed before, like with our with the champions released before Alawi, similar to Fizz and Nautilus, where when I mean, we have episodes on them and you know, we still kind of floated the question like we didn't actually know, but Allowy kind of gives us more answers of like what is actually down in the water? What what's going on in the oceans near Bilgewater? And Alawi's kind of has an intimate knowledge with what's going on there without really revealing too much anyways so it's a lot of fun intrigue a lot of fun questions and the story that we're going to dive into today really kind of spells out why it's so much fun like we we really get a lot going on here uh not only with Alawi, but a little bit of a spoiler we get another champion in this story too, a champion that we have covered that doesn't have a lot of backstory. And we're going to get an idea of what the backstory is for that champion. But you got to stay tuned to figure out who.
1: Yeah, we alluded to him in the last episode as well. Uh, But let's hop into it. This one is a pretty long one. We'll try to make it brisk as always and move through it. And we'll hop between some dialogue and just some details. Uh, But this story is called The Burden. So we start with part one here. It opens up with a hierophant uh, trying to convince Alawi to leave Bilgewater and return to Buru. So um, she doesn't want to. And the reason is because currently Bilgewater is in a state of harrowing. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot going on, but not just harrowing because it is Bilgewater. There's some political intrigue going on as well. Um and when I say political intrigue, not as organized as you would expect.
0: We're not talking about like West Wing. We're talking about a, we're talking yeah, yeah, we're talking about Bilgewater. We're talking yeah. about the politics of a essentially a pirate nation. You know, they're not all pirates, but it is essentially a pirate nation. So this is this is going to be more like a scene that you would expect from like Pirates of the Car- uh, the Caribbean. I went to say Caribbean and that just turns my spine I know, like I, <laughs> i'm not I, I refuse to submit myself to disney's pronunciation uh so like it, if you're thinking like the port of nassau and pirates of the caribbean it's going to be a lot more like that where you know yeah sure there's politics there's a round table but there's also a chance that people are, might get shot <laughs> yeah
1: and then we immediately get um kind of allow his view on this whole situation where she's not really phased by it, right? It's not her first rodeo and she's kind of looking, we get a lens to how she sees these men around her. I'm just going to read the paragraph where she says, besides, beside the hierophant, an elderly serpent collar stood. He wore a vestment made from ropes. Each indigo dyed cord had been woven to curl their varying thickness and faded cracking ink gave him the illusion of being draped in rough hue tentacles. His face was completely covered by a by a black tattoo depicting the endless teeth of a leviathan's maw. And then she says uh, monks in serpent collars were always trying to look scary. It was an annoying habit of most men. Uh, and <laughs> this is kind of some foreshadowing <laughs> to what we'll get to later in the story. But the face tattoos is something we've seen in like Hawaiian culture um, that You know, people of certain tribes are only like allowed in their culture to have those face tattoos and they are meant to signify both the dignity of the tribe, but also to be intimidating because usually warriors would wear that.
0: Yeah, like uh, we definitely see that, like you said, Hawaiian culture and a lot of the other like Southeast Asian cultures uh, where, you know, they the, the religious practices usually go hand in hand with combat as well. So, it you know, yes, it is a religious and symbolic thing to have that face tattoo, but it is meant to be intimidating because, you know, they developed these culture, these cultural habits when they were still at war with tribes yeah. and specifically at war with, you know, hand weapons, hand-to-hand combat. So it was really important to look scary too. But yep. uh, it's also really cool because, you know, we get to kind of, Right at the beginning of the story here, Alawi's thoughts as far as, you know, just her standing with not only, you know, within the church of Nagagaburus, but also just, you know, living as a woman where it's like, this is, that's an annoying habit. Like, yeah. why are men like this? <laughs> and, and of all people, Alawi could say crap like this because Allawi can put most people under the t- under the ground if she wants to. <laughs> Yeah.
1: And so at this point they're trying to form a plan for this harrowing situation. Uh, And one of the men mentioned that, you know, the greatest children of Nakagaboros won't come near the slaughter docks because those are the tentacles, right? Those are the things they summon to help them fight uh, the monsters and the demons, if you want to call them that, of the harrowing and spirits. Uh, But due to the stench of the docks, they won't allow it. And because with the slaughter docks, as they're named, they're really carefree, just like the pirates that use them. So they never clean them off. They never take care of it. It's just kind of there. It's always covered in blood and guts, and the spirits of Nagaboras don't want anything to do with it, so they won't be able to come close to help them. So the monks obviously interpret that in the you know most negative way possible as, well, if they did this, then they must want to perish under the harrowing, so we should just leave. Like they brought this upon themselves. and
0: come on. <laughs> That's they, what we call reaching. I, I mean, it's definitely reaching. I, like that that is just taking like the ignorance of a the ignorance of someone else's culture to your culture and just yes. twisting it to fit your own needs because these guys are very clearly saying they don't want to risk their necks for people that aren't theirs. That, yeah. that, that's that's really what this boils down to. Uh, we also do get like a little bit of an insight where uh, it's not only the tentacles of Naga that won't show up, but there's also serpents because Alawi says to herself that if she was going to stay, she would have to find a way to defend the city without serpents. Yeah. So we also know that the 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 followers of dr cabros can commune with the serpents of the of the ocean as well yes Uh, and of course they're not going to want to be near the slaughter docks because the slaughter docks is kind of covered in the blood of serpents uh (laughs) check out our check out our pike episode for details on that one
1: yes yes um and how to write underwater uh but (laughs) (laughs) i digress (laughs) So we then get the appearance of our cameo here, which is some of her men dragging in an injured gangplank. gangplank. And one of the hero fans mentions, he's like, you know what we should do? Let's place him in front of Nagakoboros to be judged. And Alawi immediately puts him in his place uh, because that's not his decision to make. That's her decision. Although we know she has some bias. So, after she grabs her idol, uh, she decides that she will not flee Bilgewater. Uh, she will take care of this problem herself, and she's going to help stop the harrowing. But yeah. we're not going to uh, get there quite yet.
0: Yeah, and the the wording that the that the uh, priest uses mm-hmm. as far as like putting him on the test is that he it would be better to let his energy return to Nagakabura. Yeah. So it is, this guy isn't even saying let's test Gangplank and see if he can help us. No, like he's just saying, let's kill him. <laughs> like that's that's his goal here. So, like they they're clearly at odds with Alawi's decisions involving Gangplank, and we're gonna find out why. You know, Alawi kind of, you know, hesitates with Gangplank when she decides to walk over and see what the cat dragged in.
1: Yeah, so uh, we then find out. Alawi has kind of like a reminiscing moment where we find out that they dated for a long time, a long time ago, well, a long time, a decent period of time. Uh, But up to the point where we're at now, they've broken up for a while and they also haven't seen each other, but she still had a bit of lingering feelings for, as she puts it, that stupid old bastard, Uh, which
0: is the perfect way (laughs) to describe him and and she does like not only have feelings but she even specifies that she had loved him once which really just kind of you know brings home the point of the stupid old bastard because it i'm sure a lot of people have loved someone that they would consider a stupid old bastard i think that's something we can all
1: relate with everyone is guilty of that Uh, and then she mentions that you know as she's heading down to, you know, talk to him. When she heard that his ship did explode, she feared for the worst, right? She thought that was the end. Um and this is, you know, how it was. He's gone, he's dead, finally. Uh since that was the path he was on. So she heads down to where they dragged his body. He's limp, he has a broken arm, broken ribs, but he's still kind of snarling like a wild creature, is what she says, uh because he refuses to die, which once again is another great trait of gang. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And so she asked him what happened, and the main crux of what he thinks is that during all this confusion, Misfortune, which is another call out here, uh, was responsible for the explosion on his ship, that she took advantage of the situation, um, and she had other people help her as well.
0: Yeah, so the the wording here is it was misfortune had to be working with those two alley whores. <laughs> and they sank it and, uh, sank. It would be the, uh, the dreadnought. Um, and like, I'm really excited as far as just like this call out here, because this is a call out to the harrowing short story, which is really modest to say short story. Cause I think it's like three different short stories that make up the harrowing tale. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the two people in question a spoiler for that is uh it's Twisted Fate and Gangplank or or not Gangplank Twisted Fate and Graves. Yes. And so it would be a lot of fun as far as like covering that because there are a lot there's a lot of like high priority people in Bilgewater during this time. Yes. And this is kind of off to the side of what's happening there. So it would be really exciting to dive into that short story later. Yeah, uh, And
1: and we've talked about Twisted Fate, so go listen to that episode definitely to give you the crux of his beginning because his story is mainly focused on how he gets to Bilgewater versus what he's doing there. Um, we will have more stories in the future that will go deeper into that, especially with the stuff that we've gotten, like Hetch mentioned. Um, but at this moment, like you said, he refers to the two alley whores. <laughs> and then she's like, listen, I don't care about your ship. And then he goes off. Right, like he's like, uh, you were always telling me to move on, to head back out to the sea. I needed a boat, and she was like, "You only need a canoe for the sea. You don't need a, a warship to do that." And then he screams, "This is my town!" Which it's kind of incoherent, possibly because of his injuries, because he's gangplank, probably drunk, but <laughs> he's kind of throwing these things out. And the, we get a like a a side shot of the monks and the priests reacting to this because they're eating it up because they can't believe how he's speaking to Alawi. But this is how they feel that they should be able to speak to her based on how she treats them. It's one of those little things you can feel up to this point, just how disrespectful they've been um, kind of giving her the side eye type approach or talking out the side of their mouth versus Gangplank just being very direct about not, not agreeing with her, Right.
0: Right, and, and this is also, like, it's important to see this because it is Gangplank, you know, on his last leg, right? And the only thing that's driving him is regaining control of Bilgewater. Uh, so this is, it's kind of weird because this is kind of, if you want, you could think of it as, like, the the final scene of, like, a villain giving a monologue in a movie, like, right yeah. before they die. And... That's what Gangplank's doing right now. You know, it's like Gangplank's not admitting that he's been beaten, that he's been defeated, that he's already lost his boat and whatever power he had in Bilgewater. This is my town. Like all Gangplank can think about is getting what he's lost and killing the people that took it from him. And that kind like so that combined with the disrespect that he is spitting in Allowie's face is kind of like setting the mood for you know what decision allow about to make here exactly. It's one of those things where, um, she has a great
1: comeback here because one thing to keep in mind we know gangplank likes to mouth off, but allow does just as much, right? That's probably why they got together, <laughs> 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 but because they could match each other's energy. But here she's like, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? And he's kind of stunned for a moment. And he's like, well, I need Okawa or Kau- Ako, I think is how you pronounce it. And the other chiefs support, they'll listen to you. So if you ask them, if you ask them, they'll help me. Um, and then he kind of doesn't take a knee, but he like lowers his head. Um, maybe an exhaustion, maybe just kind of showing some conceding, right? Uh, and she's like, No. What are you going to do about it? Not, you don't give me orders. I'm the truth bearer.
0: (laughs) And we haven't seen each other in forever. So like, what are you doing here? And, And like that whole idea of what are you going to do about it? Like this is, this is allowing like kind of like you can kind of feel just with how long she's taken to get to the point of what are you going to do about it the feelings that she still has for gangplank yeah. but the idea of what are you going to do about it that is all being the truth bearer of nagakaburos because following nagakaburos is all about being in constant motion yes. being in constant struggle so w- this idea of coming to someone else and trying to use their resources no no i'm not that is not what Naga Cabrera strives for. You are supposed to fight the current. You're supposed to be in motion. So what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And
1: she gets a little bit of what she wants here where he takes a step back, not physically, but mentally. And he's like, all right, what what can I do? He says that, you know, she took my ship. She took my men. She took my arm. Anything I had left, I used to get here to ask you for help. And that's the point where her feelings kick in and she Ask the monks and the priest to leave the room.
0: Once the room is just to the two of them, Gangplank's hostility kind of, you know, falls to the side. Alawi also notices, like, how much the time and alcohol has taken away from Gangplank, from the man she used to know. And Gangplank kind of, you know, becomes a little more vulnerable and it says, There is nothing for me but this town and without your help and just kind of, you know, this is kind of like him surrendering the tough guy stance. You know, now he's actually asking truly for help and Alawi again is the truth bearer of Nagakaburos. Nagakaburos isn't about giving out help. Nagakaburos yeah. is about you finding the strength to fight the current. So, Alawi says, "Oh yeah, I could do that." But what why would they join you? And why should I? What what's in it for me? There's there's nothing there for me. And and that's when Gangplank, you know, then just becomes a self, like starts showing his self-centered self yep. because he's he's like, Hey, hold on a second. Help me, damn it. You owe me. I owe you. <laughs> <laughs> and now we know why they broke up.
1: Because you can see gangs like getting, he's getting some answers correct and some wrong, right? <laughs> because as a truth bearer, she's asking these questions knowing yeah. there's a correct well, answer. I
0: mean, it's not even so much that he's getting some right and some wrong. Yeah. It's that he's only getting the ones right because he's trying to manipulate her. Oh, like <laughs> yeah. he, he knows what he's doing because yeah. like even when like, Alawi snaps back with the iou he's like hey hold up i keep up the rituals and i offer the sacrifices like you know what naga Gaburos wants you know what he should be doing on paper but you know his heart's never been in it he's just been doing it to try to abuse Alawi's position yeah so that he could say he's got the Buru on his side exactly like, that, that's what this is yeah. yeah and so they have this
1: discussions back and forth again and finally she's like okay i know what i have to do right she hadn't seen him in 10 years but she knew that she finally had to do the thing that she's been avoiding because of her feelings for him. And here we get a little reveal of that, you know, she says that he strayed for too long and she understood like his childhood, where he came from, his father, the Reaver King, like that whole abusive family type situation, especially in the Bilgewater environment. could not continue to justify his actions, right? Like he's now an old enough man to take responsibilities for what he's doing. So as we've kind of foreshadowed up to this point, all right, he's going to go through the test, right? She's going to put him through the test. And part of this still hurts her because she blames herself for part of this journey is because when he really kicked it in the high gear to become the king of Bilgewater was after their breakup. Um, so she puts some blame on herself for this as well, but that doesn't deter her from having to put him through the test of Nagaboro's.
0: And a lot of this inner monologue here is also just showing the fear that she has for Gangplank here because she is not convinced that Gangplank is a strong enough person to actually withstand this test. Yeah, in her mind, she thinks that she is uh issuing a death sentence on Gangplank. And we get a little bit of this monologue with, uh, could I send him away? Trust that he still has some sliver of strength or ambition that might see him through. If I send him away, he might live at least. But that is not the way of Naga <laughs> So, like, she, she's even like, I, I just, like, get out of here. Like, just don't, because if I put you through the test, you're going to die. But my duty is to put you through this test. I have to do this. And... There is no better way to be like okay yeah, nope. I we're gonna go through this test because the, the it then transitions to gangplank going please show me some kindness and allow he says I will show you the truth. That's and a great then, line.
1: That's 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 a then, trailer. That's a line you put in the trailer.
0: That's the line you put in the trailer, but then it's immediately followed by the statement, she stomp-kicked Gangplank, her heel smashing into his nose with a crunch. So, like, already, she thinks that she's going to be killing Gangplank. So does she go about the going, you know, issuing the test in, like, some gentle manner? No, she is now the truth seeker, or the truth bearer, and the truth bearer says... I'm showing you the truth. Sparta style. <laughs> takes him in the face and then says, behold, and begins the test. Yeah.
1: So I'll go through the description here and just read it verbatim. Uh, but if you've played League of Legends, it's similar to the in-game move test of spirit. That's exactly what you're seeing happen here that happens to him. So after she yells, behold. Uh, She reached out with her mind and called forth the energy of the mother serpent as she swung the giant idol forward. A glowing mist vomited from the icon's mouth and swirls of blue-green energy formed around the mother serpent's face, solidifying into ghostly tentacles. Touched by gold, these tentacles, or these tendrils, were as beautiful as sunrise over water and as horrifying as the darkest undersea abomination. More tentacles grew from the icon replicating around the room as if born from some unknowable mathematics as exponentially they grew larger and somehow each one's growth seemed to hold all the promise of horror of the world and then we get gangplank screaming no which is listen this is the perfect description of in-game because this is exactly how you feel <laughs> the moment she alts
0: you're like get the fuck out of here right And, and it's even – and you know, like, because uh, if you've been altered in League of Legends by Lowy, like, not only is it a thing of, like, you screaming no and trying to run for your life, but the right thing to do as a teammate – if you watch one of your allies get ulted, is you run from them, too, because <laughs> there's <laughs> sprouting tentacles everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no one's going to help you. You yeah. are trapped. You are here by yourself now. So it, it, it really is just, like, a beautiful description of how she plays a game here, but it also sets the story perfectly of just, like, okay, nope. Like, you either pass this test or you die a horrible horrible death like those are the two options
1: yeah so we get gangplank screaming here um but at this point you're not stopping this process and then you get this outer body uh experience so we get the pulling of the spirit out and then the summoning of the tentacles then you get the outer body experience which is similar to the leap of faith ultimate um that we talked about uh where you get to see gangplank trying to get back to his what's this greenish soul to then, you know, reabsorb it. And it mentions here that, you know, not only was she kind of teary-eyed watching this, but she wanted to look away. But unfortunately, as a truth bearer, you have to witness the full test. You can't just give up halfway through, um, because that is part of the ritual itself. Uh, But Gangplank, ever defiant, ever the main character, (laughs) his beaten frame after getting pummeled by tentacles, as many of us have in game, stands up, Rises and says, I will be king. And then begins to take one step, one foot in front of the other. uh, And then he proceeds to his glowing soul and merges back into it.
0: So, Gagplake reclaims his soul, or to fit it more perfectly with what was said by the other priest. You know, he reclaims his essence. Yes. Like, it is not given to Naga And now we have the final statement as far as allow speaking to him which is you are in motion so again naga kaburus is all about you know finding that will to struggle to constantly push back against what is being thrown at you and to constantly be in motion you're always moving forward so like this this statement is you know kind of more like the Gangplank came here, like, you know, to beg for help and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's now what he's given Gangplank isn't help. It's just the power to not need help. Like, you know, okay, you did it. Now you're in motion. You don't need me anymore. You can now go and do your thing. But it's going to come at a cost because Gangplank, like, we have... I'm just going to read this part in Mm -hmm. verbatim, which is Gangplank stood inches from his former love, glaring at her. His back arched and his chest swelled with sweet air of resolve. He was the proud captain once more. He turned and walked away from her, no less injured or limping, but his stride now held its familiar boldness. Next time I ask for help, just say no. (laughs)
1: Listen. We we all have exes. <laughs> all right. We all, <laughs> we all know how we've had situations and conversations that should have been easier than they were. <laughs> so yeah. this is a very comical way to end this very intense moment. Um, but also as he turns around and leaves, um, the monks and the priests reentered. And then he kind of mentions out the side of his mouth quietly. It was very nice to see you. Right. Um because it has been so long, but there wasn't really too much time to rejoice because nothing was really accomplished here. That wasn't only personal. And that's what, that's the big thing of this, this situation. Remember we're starting in a situation where Bilgewater is in trouble. Uh, Gangplank is a part of that, but that's more of a personal thing between him and Halawi. So she has to still figure out a ton of things that she needs to do. Uh, and now she added to that list, which is once again, getting her feelings,
0: uh, sarah fortune uh she must talk to her <laughs> uh sarah fortune or as if you want to be a little more polite Miss Fortune. <laughs> so so yeah like she she's got a lot of things to do here and not only is it a lot to do as far as like you know finding the resources to help gangplank survive the yeah. night while finding the resources to track down misfortune All of this is in the backdrop of a harrowing, which is literally just like a storm of undead spirits ripping out the souls of the living. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) no big deal. And it ends with like this pile of stuff that she's got to do. And it's like, oh, it was a heavy burden. But Alawi didn't mind it. Oh, she didn't mind at all. Yeah. Like so Alawi's just like looking at all of like this world ending crisis going on and it's just like yeah this is fine uh if you've seen like the meme of like the little cartoon dog sitting at a table <laughs> yeah. with his coffee and the house is on fire that, that's Alawi except Alawi actually means it because she's a badass yeah
1: yeah we we also get an excerpt from kind of the way of nagaka if you want to say it as such uh which is a cool insert it's just one of those things that makes this like religion really cool in this world is it says we can never be certain if we're doing the right thing or how things will happen or when we will die. But the universe gives us our desires and our instincts. So we must trust them that listen, top tier religion right there. Top tier.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. like it. I, I, I don't know. It's like, it's one of those things of like, would I be a follower of Naga Kaburos? I don't know. Would I love to go get a beer with like a priest of Naga Kaburos? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, Let me rack that brain. Is if it that, wasn't this... for
1: Talos, I may consider.
0: Oh my Lord.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and with that, as always, it's been a little bit of a long one, but thanks for sticking around with us and thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with the next
0: episode.